Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Ugh. It's a dreaded, and I mean a dreadful Tuesday. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Imagine if that's the first moment you're turning in, uh, tuning into the show today. You're like, man, what happened to Gelb last night? Why is he in such a miserable mood today? I'm actually not in a miserable mood today. But there are sometimes topics you have to talk about that I find are miserable topics because I don't like the outcome of them. And this is one of them. So we already knew, and I've already waved the white flag, where the college football playoff is going to 12 teams. So that was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But they had to make a revision to it, and that revision was finalized today, and it was announced today, because basically the Pac-12 has gone away with only two schools remaining. And under the old, new... 12-game format, if that makes sense. It was going to be six conference champions guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff and then six wild card to get you to 12 because it would have been the five power five conference champions and it then would have been the one group of five conference champion, whoever the highest rated. Then you would have six uh, wild card teams, however you want to call it, six other bids to make the 12-team college football playoff. But with the Pac-12 basically dissolving, you are now going to have the change go from six conference champions to five conference champions. And the first four out of those five that are the highest rated will get buys. And then everyone else will play in that first round from five to 12. So I'm just going to do something here quickly. And we'll further delve into why this is the wrong decision. And what I'm about to say Samter even said it to me in the newsroom, but you can't do this because these aren't what the rules were intended for. But I'm even scaling this to even help the people that want to see a 12-team playoff happen. So let's just use the rules that are going to be implemented next year for the field that we saw this past year. And when I say that, I'm fully cognizant that that opens up the door for the Pac-12 to get into the playoffs, even though there won't be a Pac-12 next year. But let's just say we take the guidelines that have been issued today for the five of the five conference champions getting in, and then it's going to be the seven other spots that are up for grabs. I will even play into this game. So your buys would have been for the college football playoff if they use the rules that they'll implement this year for last year, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Those would have been the four teams that got into the college football playoff, and those are the four teams under 12 that would have got a bye. Then Florida State wouldn't have been squeezed out because they won the ACC. So for these first-round matchups, 5 through 12, all these will be on the home stadium campuses. So Florida State would be hosting Oklahoma. Eh, like, good that Florida State got in. Good that they would have had a playoff berth. I didn't need to see any more of Oklahoma. 
Then you would have Georgia going up against Ole Miss. That would have been your 6-11 matchup. Fireworks. That's an awesome matchup. That's a matchup that I would love to see. Your 7-10 matchup would have been Penn State visiting Ohio State. Already saw it earlier in the season. That was a painful, and I mean a painful, offensive game. That game was actually offensive to offensive football. And then finally, you'd have an, okay, 8-9 game between Missouri and Oregon. You know, Missouri had a fine season. Oregon, they couldn't beat Washington twice. I don't need to see any more of Oregon. And I love Dan Lanning and the Ducks. So out of those four matchups, when I am even scaling it, using the rules that will be implemented next year that are now even outdated but make the matchups even stronger, you are looking at a first round where I only want to see one out of four matchups. That's it. So whether you agree or disagree with me, that's fine. That's irrelevant. I understand they're going to 12. There is nothing that I could say that is going to change what they are doing. But going to 12 is an egregious, greedy mistake. And it ruins the best regular season in sports, and that's the college football regular season. It is terrible that they're going to 12. Because guess what happens? Soon 12 will turn into 14, 16, 18, 20, and the regular season will be watered down, and you could lose three, four games a year, and it won't mean anything. Like Penn State this past year, they basically had two games on their schedule. They needed to just win one of Michigan or Ohio State for it to be a successful season. They couldn't do it either time. They couldn't even, the bar was just one win, and they couldn't do that. And that was even getting the help of uh, having Jim Harbaugh suspended like the night before the game. And Sharon Moore went into Happy Valley and he cried after the game. And it wasn't because he was upset. They were tears of joy. And Michigan said to Penn State, we don't need to throw the ball in the second half. We'll just run, 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 run. But this is what happens when you go to a ludicrous number 12. You give a team that doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs an opportunity to be in the postseason. And that's my problem. Because the starting point of expansion, right, was going from two to four. I was fine with seeing four teams in the college football playoff. And for a while, I was even of the line of thinking that you needed to expand. But the farthest I would go on expansion was to eight teams. And I've given this format like 9,000 times here on CBS Sports Radio. Before we knew the Pac-12 would go away, it was the five Power Five conference champs, the best non uh, group of five, com- or the, the best uh, group of five conference champ, and then it was two wild card spots. That was a good formula for eight. But with the Pac-12 going away, I think six is the best number. Where the four power four, I guess, or the core four, what are we calling them now? Conference champs get in. They're guaranteed a spot, and then you just have two wild card spots. And this year, guess who would have got in? Florida State. And Georgia. And I could have seen more of Georgia. And I could have seen more Florida State. If you still want to give me eight, I'm okay with that. But going to 12 is just absolutely ridiculous. It's stupid. 
And it's a drastic jump where it's only going to continue to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. The regular season in college football is awesome. I love it. Once again, six or eight I could live with in terms of a playoff. But 12 is just too many. And even when I make the argument to try to enhance the 12-team playoff by using the rules for next year, for this past year, which factors in another Power 5 conference, and there's not going to be five Power 5 conferences next year, the first round is still extremely underwhelming. So today, when that email came across my desk from the College Football Playoff Committee, under the 12-team playoff format that begins this fall, the four highest-ranked conference champions will be seeded one through four, and each will receive a first-round bye, while teams seeded five through 12 will play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher-ranked team. The team ranked five will host 12, six will meet team 11, seven will play team 10, and eight will meet nine. The quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in the New Year's Six Bowl games. The national championship game will be uh, continue on a neutral site, and no conference will qualify automatically, and there will be no limit to the number of participants from that conference or from a conference. I just wanted to delete this email. Now, I couldn't delete the email because I needed it for the show, but once the show ends, I will delete this email. It just drives me bonkers. And also for Notre Dame fans, Maybe this is more of a reason to join a conference. Now you could also argue it the other way. Hey, Notre Dame only has two losses a year. Even if they don't join a conference full-time, which I don't think they will uh, for the foreseeable future, you're in all likelihood probably going to get in to a 12-team format because of your brand. But you don't have an automatic way in without being a conference champion because the automatic spots, five of them reserved for the highest-ranked conference champion. So the big change today, if you want to say that, it's just logic. If you're already going to 12 and that's already sealed, signed, and delivered, you reduce the automatic bids from six to five with the conference champs because one of the power five just went away in the Pac-12 and now it's the core four and there will be one spot for uh, the group of five, which whoever is the highest group of five conference champion. Now, Samter, I know that you are a big proponent of college football playoff expansion. You're a big proponent of going to 12. Let me just reiterate. I could understand expansion. Up until this year, there was never a need for expansion where you felt like someone actually got screwed. You want to tell me six teams? Okay, I'll pat you on the back. You want to tell me eight teams? Okay. You know, I, I could sit there and I could dabble with eight. But anything north of eight, I think is going to ruin the regular season of college football. And there is nothing more that I enjoy in my sports fandom than on Saturday, being able to crack open a brew, place my wager, and also watch the games. I uh, watch the game of college football. I love that on Saturday. And a big reason why I love it is because every game feels like it matters. And you maybe only get one mulligan. Where there's so many times, like the NBA regular season doesn't matter. I love hockey, but the regular season, just get in. It doesn't matter. Major League Baseball, it's tough to watch 162 games. But in college football, the regular season matters. And it's so fun and it's so different. And I think going to 12 is just a big time, big time mistake, even if it's all uh, financially driven. So go ahead, Samter, have at it. 
I mean, there's so many things I could say that no, Sam. would just, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They were the third seed in the AFC. They would. They had the sixth best record in the NFL. They would not get into the playoff in your system of of four teams. Or it's it's but ridiculous. No, you, you, you cannot do this sport to sport because those are the rules for the NFL. Right. So my, the NFL. Hold on. The yeah. NFL when they were at six and then they went to seven. Kansas City still would have got in. I'm okay with what the NFL does. I don't think they needed to go to that seven spot. They should have just kept it at six. But that has nothing to do with the college so football playoff. So does the playoff. NFL regular season not matter? The NFL regular season matters. Okay. So seven teams out of 16 in each conference no, you, get in. You, but you can't do it that way. Why not? It's, it's seven in one conference. Yeah. They're so not separating out them of conference to teams. conference here. This is everyone. Right. So 14 out of 32 teams. That's 44% of the NFL gets into the playoffs. Is the regular season diminished? Does no. the regular season not matter? Well, hold on. Kansas City this year? Did it really matter for them? I mean, this is my point. The playoffs, at the end it's of the totally day, the different. Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, they were 11-6. and six. Maybe the, the, the regular season's a little bit diminished in the sense that now that they Let have a chance in the playoffs. Let me ask you this. But, the, these but the regular tw- season on. still matters. Out of these 12 teams, how many of these teams, and let's keep it college to college, let's not go college to pro, how many of these 12 teams do you actually think would have a chance to win the national championship. A chance. Out of these 12 teams. Go ahead. Like, I'll even go on on the scale uh, format. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Florida State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ole Miss, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, and Missouri. How many of those teams do you think you could legitimately say that they could have won the national title this past year? Eight or nine. I don't see how you get to that number. I'll give you... So uh, Ohio hold on, State, hold on. Okay. I'll give you I'll give you five. I think there's only five that you can make the argument for. <laughs> Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. That's it. And don't you dare tell me Ohio State, who I told you for eight weeks should never been number one. They were the most overrated team in the country, and they weren't winning Jack with Kyle McCord. As their quarterback. Their only loss was at Michigan in a one-score game where they had the ball with a chance to tie or and win the choked? game at the end. Who Michigan choked? was the best team in the country who won the national championship. Who choked the game? What? Who choked that game? It doesn't well, my It point, does matter. Yes, that's one game. My point is Ohio State on a neutral field could have beaten Michigan if they had a better game. Ohio State was Did one watch the possession game? a few Dude, they were one possession a few yards away from tying or winning that game. Okay. They had one loss on the season. To tell me that they had no chance of beating to win a team the national like Texas championship, they or had even no beating a team like Michigan is wrong because it's they not. almost beat Michigan well, first in off, Michigan. You, you got to move back for the microphone a little bit because I think you're making love with the microphone. How much you're yelling into the microphone like you're my ears just like popped in 9,000 different directions. I'll tell you what Ohio State was this year. Ohio State was a good team. They were nowhere close to being a great team. Ohio State was the Rams up against the Patriots in Super Bowl 53, where for most of the, the game, Rams were in the Super Bowl. hold on, where most of the game, it was a one possession game, but you knew the Rams were never winning the game. Come on. Ohio State was never going to win a national championship this year. And all they had to do was beat Michigan and they would have been in the four and Michigan played a C game. They didn't even play their best brand and they still beat Ohio State. 
Play it on the field. Don't play it in your mind. Don't play it in the they stat lost. sheet. Play it on the field. So my point is, in Michigan, they lost by one possession with a chance to tie or win the game at the end. So they were close enough to at least be part of the conversation of a team who could win a title. You're telling me that Georgia wasn't going to be able to win a title well, this hold year? Hold on. Georgia was one of my five teams. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Florida's- Georgia was one of my five teams. So... Uh, that's six. Before they got into the college football playoffs and Florida, Georgia. You tell them that Florida State, even without... Not without their, not with the third-string quarterback, no. That defense and the run game, they, they're, they're and who skill picked, position who picked players. Florida State to win the ACC before the year started? Me. So I believed in Florida State, but as they entered the playoff, no, they would not have, especially the, with 12 This teams. is why playoffs, especially a single elimination playoff, matters Every game. It's the same yeah, it thing we see in college eight. basketball, right? When a, tw- a 16 seed beats a one seed, or a, a 14 seed beats a, f- a three seed, and, and, and or guess 12 what? beats a five. It happens all and, the time. And, and hold on. Because on, on a, in a single elimination tournament, but Sam Tur- anything can happen. No one watches college basketball regular season. No one does. College basketball regular season, no one talks about it until March when there's a bracket. That sport, it works because the tournament is great. It's awesome. But for for football, it's a different sport. There is such a physical requirement. It's such a lethal sport as well. And now you're devaluing the regular season to put teams in there that, quite frankly, do not belong. And it takes away from all these rivalry games, too. And it gives these teams so much insurance. You're missing the point. I'm not saying don't expand. It wouldn't be my preference, but I could understand it. But to go from 4 to 12 is stupid. It is just offensive. It is stupid. And I'm telling you, next year, when we all watch a great college football regular season game and a team season should be on the line and they back their way in and then they lose in the first round, it's not going to be worth it. And are you still going to be saying this when they go from 12 to 20? Because I think I'll have a heart attack on the air if I get an announcement that they're going to go from 12 to 20. This is only the beginning. So in in a small way, in an incremental way, increase it to six or eight. You still preserve the integrity and the greatness of the regular season instead of just going right to 12 and shooting for the stars and making this, making college football now a mockery. I will say I do agree that it was probably a mistake to go directly from four to 12. I do think they should have had a couple years of eight and then gone to 12, but I think that 12 is the right number could they go to 16 potentially? But I think 12 is the uh, right number. And I certainly think that it was, like you said, I do agree with you that going from 4 to 12 was probably too big of a jump too quickly. It should have huh. gone to 8 for a few years and then gone to 12. Okay. How about 6 and then 8 and then to 12? So we could just keep, keep on kicking the can down the road. No. And you know what? A 16 playoff this year would have been awesome. It would have been great because Florida State would have got it and Georgia would have got it. And you know what? Quite frankly, I'll give you a take here. If there was a 16 playoff, I bet you the committee still would have screwed Florida State because they would have been putting in a school that didn't belong in Ohio State in the college football playoff. So maybe you're right that it should have gone to eight because the committee still would have screwed Florida State. But either way, six, eight, or 12, Florida State wasn't winning a college football playoff this year. But man, ugh, this first round on paper, atrocious, atrocious. I don't need to see it. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Is it a mistake? For the college football playoff to go to 12 teams, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. By the way, Stu, you know, Samter's screaming, I'm screaming, you're usually calm. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on on this matter? I hate the expansion. It's going to devalue the college football regular season. And kind of like we said, I just don't think there are enough teams that can win it in the end. I absolutely love Stu. Stu is just a, a wonderful, sensational uh, human being. Also, Stu, were you a little bit concerned that, like, Samter was peaking there, right? I've never heard yeah, Samter yell he, that much. He, he was close to the mic, and, and he was pretty adamant and pretty young, pretty loud. <laughs> All right, note I yourself, had to lower his levels a lot. The, the next time I'm yelling at Zach, I'll back away from the mic a little bit. You got me excited, so I have to lean forward when I'm excited. And the mic got, you know, whatever. I'll move the mic back next time. I apologize for my... Radio faux pas, but doesn't make my point any less valid. So yesterday I asked uh, Stu to get me a fly swatter whenever I have to deal with Samter. Maybe we do a shock collar next time. So, <laughs> so anytime Samter gets too loud, and it's ironic coming from me, you just hear a little zzz, and then Samter knows to, you know, lie down, lie down. Be, be, be a good dog. Be a good dog. All righty. This is that Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. All righty. I'm sorry, Samter. Coming on back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. All righty, we're going to do a little draft here, and we'll make three selections each. It is teams that did not make the playoffs last year that will make it in 2024 in the National Football League. And that's before the draft. That's before free agency. And just with what they have done so far, which for some of these teams, you could just have belief that they're getting players back, or it can be a team that maybe had someone get hurt or a new hire that maybe changes your outlook on the team. All righty. We're going to start things off with Stu. Stu wasn't expecting that. I he was just not. thought That's I was shock. going first. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had the first pick in one of these drafts. You know what, Stu? I thought you just did a sensational job in the last segment when Samta and I were just slugging at one another. I thought you provided a really good, level-headed, smart take. So I said, you know what? We'll throw Stu a biscuit today and have him go first. Well, I appreciate that. And with the pick, I will take the Bengals. They get Joe Burrow back healthy, uh, probably the second or third best quarterback in the league. Now, the AFC is tough, but I do think they have so much talent. Uh, if he would have stayed healthy this year, he probably would have made the playoffs with how they were playing uh, right up until he got hurt. But, yeah, I, I think the Bengals are pretty much a, almost a guarantee to make the playoffs next year. And, by the way, the 14 playoff teams this year were the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Steelers. The 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams, and Packers. Stu takes the Bengals. And Santer, you will go with the? Wow, I can't believe you're letting me get the second pick. You know, you usually like to go first and yeah. not do a snake draft to go first and mm-hmm. second well, and third and fourth. Interesting. All right. There's no motive behind that. It's a snake draft. Why, why, why would I uh, want to go third here whatsoever? Uh, so my number two team, I know who you want to pick, so I'm going to let you pick the team that you want to pick. I'm going to go with the... The fighting Jim Harbaugh's as a team. Mm, that's that are a team make I wanted to pick. Oh, I I thought there was another team in the NFC that you wanted to pick, but I'm going with the fighting Jim Harbaugh's as my first pick in the first round. Okay, my first pick, I will take, and I love the Harbaugh pick. I do because he's a winner. 
Um, I will go with the Atlanta Falcons. You are right. I will take the Falcons. I think they're going to get Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. They'll be a playoff team. They'll be able to win the NFC South, which is more like the NFC suck. Is that how we're going to just call it now? Because the NFC South has turned into a dreadful division. Like the NFC East, when it was bad, it was the NFC least. Uh, The AFC, when it was just the Patriots, people called the AFC least. When you get into the South, what do you just say? NFC suck? Like, is that, that doesn't really flow that well. I think we could do better than that. But I will take the Atlanta Falcons. I like their roster. They'll use Bijan Robinson a lot this year, and they'll probably get Kirk Cousins. Now, I could go a multitude of ways here. There's one team I'm not going to go with just because I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. So my next pick, it probably behooves me to stay in the AFC. But... I'm going to go away from the a, uh, from the NFC. It behooves me to stay in the NFC, but I'm going to go away from the NFC. <sighs> I don't have a good reason to believe in this team, and I think there's a chance they get worse this offseason. But quarterback and coaching is so important. We've seen one good year of this duo and one eh, bad year of this duo. I'm going to uh, buy some stock that they vacillate here. Good to bad, then back to good. I will take... The Jacksonville Jaguars. So Bengals to Stu. Chargers to Moist Mike. I get two picks. I go Falcons and Jaguars. Teams that missed the playoffs last year that will make it in 2024. Next pick. All right, this one's pretty easy. I mean, one of the best defenses in the NFL who had no quarterback and now they have a quarterback is the New York Fighting Gangrene Jets. Your football team. My former football team. Wait, now hold on. Go Chiefs. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to go here. I was thinking that Stu was going to go, no, but then no, that would no. really be screwed. Comes Santa. back around. Yeah, now Stu. Yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not great with numbers. Just, I'm always uh, the middle pick. I never get the, the wraparound snakes. Well, so, you're, you know. you're, the, you're the frosting of the Oreo. That's the best part. Yeah. Just hopefully, if we uh, dunk you in milk, you don't start to melt because then you would be a witch, and we don't want you to be a witch. We don't want you to start melting. Uh, the Jets is a good pick. The only thing with the Jets is that offensive line going to get better? Joe Douglas has had like 1,000 years to fix the offensive line. He hasn't done it. They have the 10th pick. There's like six good offensive linemen in the first round. They're going to get a tackle with the 10th pick overall. And say what you will about Rodgers and whatever, but David Bakhtiari is probably going to be gonna a jet. Him. As long as he's healthy, he's He'll get on the Jimmy fine. G diet probably. Yeah. Right? Like, little you know little shoot him up with something, and then he'll yeah. look back to being a first a round spectacular. tackle, and David Bakhtiari will do enough. They have... They have uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, and they have Tipman, who was a second-round center last year. They'll be fine on the O-line. Just hopefully they don't draft another Mekhi Becton. That's the only thing that I'll, I'll say. Because remember, Mekhi Becton was supposed to be the stud. First-round draft pick offensive line. His first line. year when he was healthy, he was a beast. And then he got hurt. He could never get back up to it. Now, I will give him credit. He got into good shape again. He was out of shape for a long time. All righty, Stu, you got two picks here. Teams that did not make the playoffs last year that will make it in 2024. Yeah, I feel like after the Jets, it kind of falls off a, a bit of a cliff. Um, so what I, I will do is I will actually kind of sell against the NFC South stock. Like, I think the Bucks mm-hmm. are kind of down. Like, I, I maybe they don't make the playoffs again like they did this year. The Falcons, I do like your pick, but in the end, maybe they don't get a quarterback. Maybe they aren't as good. So since someone has to win that division, even though I don't believe in the coach or the quarterback, I do think the Saints have a chance to make the playoffs next year. So I'll go with the Saints for my next Dennis team. Allen, your boy. Yeah, my your boy. Your guy. Right. Oh, boy. And maybe John Gruden's coaching that team like six or seven <laughs> weeks into the season if DA gets off to a bad start. All righty. Next pick. Um, And for the other pick here I have, it's between the two NFC North teams that didn't make the playoffs. And I'm kind of torn between both. Because I don't know if the Vikings are going to have a quarterback if Cousins leaves. 
The Bears are kind of a mess, but at least they might maybe have Caleb Williams. I'll go with the Bears. I think maybe we get like a Mahomes rookie year type mm-hmm. year out of Caleb Williams, and he shocks the world and, and gets the Bears into the playoffs. I'll pick them. There are two picks right now that I am really surprised, really surprised, have not been selected yet. Let's see if Santer gets one of them. Go ahead, Santer. Well, so I have two teams on my board out of the NFC West that I'm looking at, and I'm trying to decide between the two. Obviously, the Seahawks are the better team, but there's something about the Cardinals. If they get Marvin Harrison Jr., a fully healthy Kyler Murray, there's something in the, about the Cardinals. And I, I, Jonathan Gannon feels like he has something cooking there. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Cardinals over the Seahawks. You are going the Cardinals over the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are one of the teams. The other team that I was thinking about, the Cardinals are a good one to think about because you get Kyler Murray in theory for a whole season, and you're probably getting Marvin Harrison Jr. with the fourth overall pick. The Seahawks are one of the teams that I'm thinking of, and the other team that I was thinking of, the Indianapolis Colts. Those are the two teams I have left on my board. Who, if Shane Steichen just knew how to put Jonathan Taylor on the field on their biggest play of the season, they may have already made the playoffs. And also, you get Anthony Richardson, who's looking like a stud before uh, he did get hurt early in the season. Um, But the one reason why I'm going to go with the Seahawks over the Colts is Mike McDonald. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of, I'm not saying people are down on the hire because you're getting rid of Pete Carroll. And then like, you may have reset the, the youth in that organization. You definitely did. And I think you just got a younger Pete Carroll in there. And you look at that team, you got Lockett, you got Metcalf, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba. If Kenneth Walker could stay healthy, hello. You got some young names on that defense, and I just got to be playing better. For Indy, just the quarterback is such a wild card. And also, I know the the NFC West is loaded, but the AFC South has now turned into a good division. Outside of Tennessee, you got three good teams there in that division. The AFC is more loaded than the NFC. So I will take the Seahawks here. Um, I feel bad about leaving the Colts out, and the Colts are my least favorite team in football just being a Brady guy. So uh, I think a lot of people are surprised when I say uh, that I feel bad about the Colts. Is it weird, as much as I love Anthony Richardson, is it weird that I think that they might actually take a step back with Richardson compared to Gardner Minshew? No, because it's a rookie, so there's going to be natural ups and downs. Like This is basically his rookie season. And he got hurt like basically every game that he played. Yeah, and when he... I made some early money on Anthony. The game he got hurt, I made money on him anytime touchdown. He got hurt. He scored. I think he scored two touchdowns in that game. And then Gardner Minshew carried the baton the rest of the way. So teams that didn't make the playoffs, that will make it in 2024. Uh, Stu goes Bengals, Saints, and Bears. Santer goes Chargers, Jets, and Cardinals. I take the Falcons, Jaguars, and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, let me just throw two teams by you. Stu, how about your Raiders? What do you think they need to do this offseason to make the playoffs? They need a quarterback and they need an experienced quarterback. So, you know, they'd have to get like Kirk Cousins or Russ. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, if they get one of those guys and draft a really good player, I just think it's so hard because the the conference is so tough. I'd be pretty surprised, but you never know. And let me just throw out a team. I agree the Vikings probably should have been picked, but we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. This could be a team that you'll get great odds on to make the postseason but I'm not telling you it's going to happen. Watch the Commanders. All right, you're in the NFC East. The Giants stink. The Eagles, they have no order in that locker room right now. The Cowboys, 
they're about to pay their quarterback $60 million a year. I know it won't go into effect a year from now, but it seems like there's a problem, according to Micah Parsons, in that Cowboys locker room. And you have the commanders who are going to be getting a new quarterback. You got Terry McLaurin. Um, that defense, we'll see if they improve. You bring in Dan Quinn. Like, would anyone be surprised if the commanders go in nine games this year? They go nine and eight, they make the postseason? I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but let's see how the draft plays out and what they do in free agency as well. But I expect Josh Harris to be super-duper aggressive uh, this offseason. All right, he's Zach Gelb, show CBS Sports Radio. We will take a timeout when we come on back. Justin Fields, he unfollowed the Bears on social media. What does this mean? Woo-hoo-hoo! Coming on back, update time first. Here's the act man, Rich Ackerman. Jordan Schultz, who is the NFL insider for Bleacher Report, he has a bunch of stories out right now. One of them is that Dak Prescott could command a 60, 60, 60, 60, 60 million dollar contract per year this offseason. Jeez Louise, that would be something. Um, all righty, this may be my least favorite non-serious topic to talk about because it's just kind of stupid, and I also don't know how much time people have on their hands. Um, the Chicago Bears have been unfollowed on social media by Justin Fields. Hmm. So I have uh, many thoughts here. One of my thoughts is who actually takes the time to see if Justin Fields was following the Bears to begin with? And the other thing is, even if he unfollows the Bears, why do people actually care? Like, I understand that people put two and two together. Maybe the Bears have told them behind the scenes, you are not going to be the quarterback next year and we're going to trade you. But then there was also this report from Albert Breer that, and he's of SI saying that the Bears expect to have a plan in place at the quarterback position by next week at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. So I also have, I have the reaction of who cares. And also, even if let's say this story is true or you weren't following the Bears to begin with, like why would you unfollow the Bears if you're Justin Fields until this is finalized? Santa, I don't know about you, but it's kind of crazy that this is what the reporting has become. Who unfollows who on social media? And one of these uh, aggregators, ML Football, which is a, a good uh, a good follow, if I may say so myself, they put out the tweet, CJ Stroud isn't following the Texans. See, no one actually gives a rat's ass. It means nothing. So I thought that was a very witty tweet. But this entire who's following who on social media, I feel like I'm at the eighth grade gossip lunch table where I don't care if you're not following your team on social media, but then also if you were and then you unfollowed them, that doesn't seem right either. I roll my eyes and just think that this is really a petulant conversation. And it's just like a petulant and just petty, like, Dude, who cares if you unfollow? I don't know. It just why unfollow them before you get traded or mm. or moved? Because now what you're doing is you're basically making it impossible in case something were to happen for them to keep you if they decide to change their mind. Yeah. But it's like it's like you and your girlfriend are 
on the verge of maybe breaking up. So you just delete no all one of wants her to pictures from Facebook, yeah. right? But then you guys, like, make up and you're good. And now she's like, well, why are there no more pictures? You can't just, like, add them back on. You've deleted them. So why not just wait until the breakup before you start deleting stuff rather than doing it beforehand? It's just, it makes no sense. So this is actually a, a fun conversation. Um, I'm sure we've all had uh, uh, girlfriends that we have broken up with. Um, Stu, when you've had a breakup, did you delete any pictures of your ex on Instagram or any form of social media? Like beforehand or afterwards? After, after, not yeah, before. After, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. not bef- not like beforehand or just to send any messages or anything like that. Obviously. That would be yeah. very low class and stupid. It'd be weird. Samter, did you uh, ever delete any pictures of your ex on social media? Just wondering. He's like, if I haven't, I'm doing so now. <laughs> no, I, ne- I, I never really put a lot of pictures of exes onto social media. Mm-hmm. There's really only one ex who I have any pictures of on any social media, and it's only because... The one that got away. No, Michael Samter's life story. It was only because we were at this really cool (laughs) event for the Yankees, and I just liked the pictures, and she just happened to be in them. Oh, yeah. But, like, I could just remove her from the... So the pictures are up just because, like, I really enjoyed those pictures. Yeah. With or without her. So I could just cut her out and just re-upload them, but that's it. I do not post many pictures of my personal life that are non-sport related, unless if it's like a wedding or a big life occasion. Um, There was an ex that I went on a trip to Miami with uh, for New Year's, and that photo is still up uh, years ago on my Instagram. I did not feel inclined to delete it. I understand, though, because here's the other thing when it comes to, to, to this conversation. I once had a college football coach who got fired, that used to follow me. And when he got fired, he, I guess, didn't want to see my content because it was about his old job. So therefore, or some of my content was about, at the time, his old job. So therefore, he unfollowed me, and then years later, when I guess the wound was uh, patched up, he refollowed me, which I always thought was uh, very funny. And uh, this person... Just got hired again to be a defensive coordinator. And that's all I'll say. I won't really uh, throw that person under the bus too much. But, yeah, I always thought uh, that behavior is just so interesting. But the the girlfriend thing, I think, is a little bit more serious. And that's why I brought up the point of the, of the college football coach that did it. Is because when you break up with someone or when something ends or you leave, sometimes you just don't want to see it again. And you don't want to see it on uh, social media or it be popping back up in your memories and things like that. But anyway, uh, Justin Fields, he unfollows the Bears on uh, social media. Is this the end? Is this the nail in the coffin? Does this mean that at some point from now until the draft, we're going to find out that Justin Fields is going to get traded and he will not be on the Chicago Bears next season? Samter, where you at 100%, Fields won't be on the Bears next season. Yeah, I think so now. I think by him doing this, he probably had a conversation with Kevin Warren. Who and, just gave him so much praise yeah, a week and ago. Matt, he, he probably just had a conversation. <laughs> Disingenuous and praise. We, we're going to go another direction at quarterback, and you're not in our future. We'll try to get you traded. And I think that's why he did what he did. Stu, I know you always like to make an argument and try to see the good in people and try to see something when everyone else isn't seeing it. Uh, is there any chance that Justin Fields is on the Bears next year? Yeah, it's very small. I'd say like 2 or 3%. I think it's zero. I think there's maybe a chance that someone wows them with an unreal package for the number one pick, and then they trade it, and mm. then they keep him, and they 
take a boatload of talent for him. I don't know, but it's very small. It's close to zero, but it's, yeah. So I was on the line of thinking in the final three weeks of the season. I said it on the show. The Bears should keep Justin Fields, but they won't keep Justin Fields. And ever since I said that, and even though I was of the line of thinking, which I always wasn't, that the Bears should keep Justin Fields, now as we sit here a few weeks removed from the season and the season being done, I just, even though I think they should do it, I don't think they will whatsoever. Where I think when the season ended, I was like 60%, you know, if I was running the team, you should, 40 that you shouldn't. But now I think it's going to come down to it's 100%. They're not going to keep Justin Fields because it just comes down to kind of what Erlacher said with us. Say what you want about Erlacher. But what Erlacher said with us was spot on. Yeah, the Bears could have fa- failed him. And, and I think that's safe to say he goes to another place. He, he gets off to a better start in his career. But after having someone in your building for three years and you still don't know that that's the guy and how much the salaries are for quarterbacks right now, for just good quarterbacks, forget about great quarterbacks, eventually Justin Fields is going to want a big payday. And right now I don't feel comfortable giving him that. And he's going into year four, so you pick up the fifth-year option and then you get the two years to evaluate it. But I'd rather reset where I, I think Justin Fields at his apex is a very good quarterback. The way that people talked about Caleb Williams for two years, and it doesn't always work this way, especially with how poorly we evaluate quarterbacks in the draft, people talked about Caleb Williams being a generational talent. And that wasn't just, oh, like in the moment, this guy's the GOAT, oh, this guy could be this. He has been talked about being a generational talent for now two years. Also, let me remind you, Trevor Lawrence talked about being a generational talent for three years. And so far, his NFL career has been up and down. So I just don't, I don't think that the Bears are really deciding much at this point. I think it's all leverage play. Like you have Warren hyping him up last week. Now, oh, they're deciding. They're just trying to increase these offers already coming in for Fields. They're just trying to increase how many offers they're going to get for Justin Fields. And yes, I think it's 100% they're taking Caleb Williams number one overall. And uh, they may trade Justin Fields before the draft or uh, maybe they wait during the draft. But by May, I just don't see how Justin Fields is actually going to be on this team. Zach Gelb shows CBS Sports Radio. The man that has the story that Dak Prescott could be a $60 million a year quarterback. Jordan Schultz from Bleacher Report is going to join us coming up in five minutes. Cinco minutos right here on the Zach Gelb Show. But where else? CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 